by the world. Our gospel lesson comes from Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 8, 14 through 15, 21 through 23. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. Now when the Pharisees had come, I'm sorry, when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of the disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesies rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that is going, to, that is going in that can defile him, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come within, and they defile a person. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. As we come to our time of children's message, I found myself thinking about what tomorrow is. Tomorrow is Labor Day, and Labor Day recognizes what we do with our hands. So I wanted to ask you, perhaps you all will help me out, what we do, what do you do? What are some things you do with your hands? I have a little list here to help us, but I thought maybe you could think of some things you do with your hands. Wave at people, for sure. Anybody plant anything with their hands? Hold doors, I'm hoping, occasionally. I know somebody's got to carry groceries occasionally. <laughs> got to eat. <laughs> Say it again. Drive. Drive, absolutely. Better to do that with your hands than your knees, for sure. Type. Type. Yep, got to do that. Occasional. Oh. Play an instrument. Yeah. Got to wash dishes. <laughs> Absolutely. Wash dishes with our hands. What else? Anything else you can think of? Attitude of prayer. Attitude of prayer. Thanks be to God. 
Absolutely. What else? Got to eat. Absolutely. We got to eat. Yeah. There's a lot that we do with our hands. And for some of us, we also use our hands for the kind of work that we do. Talked a little bit about that as well. I also thought some of us have animals, occasionally petting the the cat, the dog. Uh, I don't know if the fish are going to let you anywhere near them, but they want to be fed, <laughs> for sure. We talk with our hands, and we definitely sign, especially those who interpret, for sure. There's a lot that we do with our hands. And discipleship, following Jesus, calls us to get our hands dirty. We'll talk about this in a minute. But for this Labor Day, I hope that you'll help me in our prayer in a minute with a blessing of the hands. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me. But put your hands out. We're going to bless our hands. Pray after me. Dear God, bless my hands that they might bless others serve you, and care for myself. Amen. Thank you for caring for others and caring for yourself. Amen. Our hands have many purposes. We look at the hands of Jesus as we sing, Jesus' hands were kind hands. Would you rise in body and spirit as we sing hymn number 273. No one commented on the other things our hands do, so we'll talk about that later. There are times when we want to capture a moment forever, or at least for now. You know those times when you get folks together for a birthday, 
or when you get a chance to go somewhere, vacation or travel, sometimes a picture just kind of captures that moment. And with everyone in the picture, sometimes you want to snap a selfie on the device. Truth be told, you and I snapped selfies long before there were smartphones. We sat up a camera and we would, at Thanksgiving, prop it with the timer feature and try to get everybody at the table in the picture. I know it wasn't just my family who did this. Phone companies report that one in three pictures now that we take on our devices are actually in the selfie mode. Statistics show that younger generations take more selfies than the other generations. In a digital era, without film to develop, we sometimes use that mode as a way of a mirror to see what's going on behind us or maybe even what we look like. There are times when the image of a photograph gives us a different perspective. A number of years ago, Steve and I took a two-and-a-half-year-old Elizabeth to see Steve's grandfather for his 80th birthday. And the time came for cake, and he had this beautiful strawberry cake with whipped topping on it. Steve and I stood behind Gramps, and Elizabeth sat on his lap. We propped the camera and used the timer feature to take a picture of the four of us. A week or so later, when we got the film developed, we noticed the most interesting thing about the picture. You see, Steve and I looked straight into the camera and smiled. But Gramps took a bit of that frosting and handed it right to Elizabeth. We had no idea until we got the photo developed. We never would have known. Elizabeth certainly didn't tell us this was going on. Today, we begin a new series on the selfie of a disciple, looking at how followers of Jesus live if we flip the camera on ourselves to see why we are doing what it is we do. Often, the least desirable features make space for the glory of God to shine through us. Our dirty hands, our scratchy voices, our heavy hearts, our shaky knees might be undesirable, but they are signs of the kingdom all around us. Dirty hands come from hard work. You see, the Pharisees and the scribes were asking Jesus about hand-washing. Unlike today, this wasn't a question of hygiene. This was about ritual. Now, the group around Jesus had three different audiences. There were the Pharisees and the scribes. I want you to think about them as faithful folks following the rules as they understood them. 
And Mark said, the Gospel of Mark said very quickly, they came from Jerusalem, reminding us that Mark wants us to focus on the death and resurrection, getting there very quickly in Mark. And they were looking to follow the rules as they understood it from the tradition, the institution of belief. And joining them is the crowd made up of people who are always there. Imagine it like Stroud's Fest, always going on around Jesus, Main Street. And then there were the disciples, who in Mark's gospel didn't seem to understand what he was saying. They kept asking questions. Now, we've all met some Pharisees and scribes, and some of us are even like that sometimes. We follow the rules exactly. But Jesus asked, Jesus was asked, why do your followers not live according to the traditions of the elders? And the truth came out. The disciples put serving others above the tradition. The Pharisees wanted to somehow trap him and force him into indictment. So we heard, as Diane read, hypocrites. He's not rejecting the law. He's saying, you haven't upheld it. Jesus looks into this crowd of three kinds of people, and it includes those he's already healed and those who've been carried to him. And those disciples, it's not what you take in, but what comes out that defiles you. James went even further. Religion is pure and undefiled before God the Father. It's caring for the orphans and the widows in times of distress, keeping yourself unstained by the world. Being the church is less about keeping our hands pure and ritually sanitized and more about getting involved. Following Jesus is about getting our hands dirty, caring especially for those who've been cast aside. Truth faithfulness is less about clean hands and more about a heart cleansed and shaped by the radical and self-giving love of God in Christ. Mark Twain, a seemingly unusual choice for a preacher, but a good observer of human behavior, writes in The Adventure of Tom Sawyer, the less there is to justify a traditional custom, the harder it is to get rid of. I loved that. He actually is writing about a church service when he writes that. Isn't that interesting? The less there is to justify a traditional custom, the harder it is to get rid of. And he's writing about a pastor who he says has turned himself into a bulletin board and reads off the notices of meetings and societies until the list would stretch out into, as only Mark Twain can say, the crack of doom. Wow. Tradition. There's an old story that goes like this, and maybe you've heard it. A young girl was watching her mother bake ham for a family gathering, and she notices that her mother takes the ham and cuts off 
both of the ends. And she says to her mother appropriately, why do you cut off both of the ends of the ham? She says, well, I am not sure, but I think it helps soak up the juices while it's cooking. But my mother always did it, so if you're really curious, why don't you call Grandma and ask her? So the little girl picks up the phone and calls, Grandma, Grandma, Mom is making a ham, and she cuts off both ends of the ham. She thinks it's to soak up the juices. She's not sure, but she's sure you might know. Could you tell me? It's true, Grandma says. I do cut off both ends of the ham before cooking it, but I'm not sure. I learned it from my mother. How about if you call great-grandma and ask her? This is one little girl who's not afraid to pick up the phone, so she calls great-grandma, and great-grandma says, oh no, sweetie, I never had a pan large enough to fit the ham, so I just cut off the two ends of the ham in order to fit what I had. I have no idea why they continue doing what I did. We've always done it that way. Why don't your followers do what we do? The Pharisees and the scribes wanted to know. G.K. Chesterton, the classic Christian author, said this, tradition means giving a vote to the most obscure of the classes, our ancestors, it's a democracy of the dead. Tradition refuses to submit to those who happen to be walking around. Ouch. There are church traditions in every church that we hold on to with both hands at the expense of missing God's heart. Churches over time have held on to certain events, on certain dates, at certain times, in certain ways, because of tradition. You, churches have called things certain rooms things, even when the function has changed, because it's always been that way. Churches have made decisions based on who is in the church, instead of who we're seeking to invite to the church. Jesus continues teaching, what defiles us is not our dirty hands, but our dirty hearts. Adultery, theft, avarice, envy, pride, it's a desire to take and grasp, to own and devour. We're called to live out the word, not just hear it, but to do it. When disaster happens, you and I find ourselves remembering who we are. We find ourselves hearing these words of James again and remembering who God has called us to be. We know exactly how to respond. When floodwaters rose and tornadoes touched down, most of us over the last week knew exactly who to call. We knew who to message in affected areas and who to check in on. This particular image 
comes from Oxford, Pennsylvania, where tornadoes ripped through that community. When a loved one is ill, the first couple of weeks they're surrounded, you all know this, by offers of meals and rides. Listening to Jesus means not only getting our hands dirty with the urgent that is before us, but asking the question, why are we doing what we're doing? So today, pause. Take a reflective selfie. How are you using your hands? What does your discipleship look like? Are you just going through the actions? Caught up in the traditions and not knowing why you're doing what you're doing? Or are you a follower of Jesus, a doer of the word, and you have dirty hands in the work of Christ? This, my friends, is the gospel. It's the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.